Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. Welcome to Football is Family, a podcast dedicated to the fan and fan experience. My name is Jeremy McFarland, and I want to look at the positive behind what makes football so enjoyable to watch and follow. I want to know why you are a fan of your team, of a player, or an era of football. Whether the pros, college, or high school, I want to hear and share your stories and your love for the game. If you want to be part of this podcast, please message me on Twitter at Jeremy underscore McFarlane, or on Facebook at the Footballist Family Facebook page. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. I want to thank everybody for listening today on the Footballist Family podcast. Uh, I'm going to let you in on a little something about my life, my profession. I'm a preacher uh, here in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. I've been doing this for for a few days, I would say for, well, ever since I was 12 years old, I've been doing it one form or another. And, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of bad things at times when, when it comes to lives and when people, you know, bad things happen to people and sometimes people do bad things. You see a lot of bad things. You try to help people to get better. But you also see a lot of strength and a lot of great things as well. You see a lot more great things than you do bad things. And one of those things that came up happened to me Monday. Um, I was talking with a lady a few days ago who is a member of the church where I preach at. And she had just recently, by the last few months, have, have gone through chemo for for cancer and she came out on the other side and, and, and has some, you know, things that are not going to be the same, but ultimately she survives and she's stronger because of it. And I asked her, how did you do it? How did you survive this? How did you find that strength to do this? And she said that it came through faith, love of her family and the fact that she was not going to let this beat her, you know, and, and when she mentioned these things, I, I look at my, I looked at my life and I said, you know what? I can get through some of the problems that I have in my life because she's gotten through hers. I looked at her life and I found strength through one person and her dedication to beat something, you know, uh, this past week, this week, in fact, uh, that I'm recording this, Julio Jones was signed by my Titans. And they're saying how much greater A.J. Brown is going to be. How much greater A.J. Brown will be because of Julio Jones. One person taking the top off of a defense can add to another person taking the top off. Eventually, you won't have eight men on the bo- in the box for Derrick Henry. Maybe Derrick Henry will survive a season. You think, well, what can one person do? Well, in in the real world, 
one person can give strength to others to make it through things in their life. In the football world, I think one person can make a difference. Now you say, well, how can one person make a difference to the NFL teams? You know, there's 22 people that are that are out there at one point, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, and you have 11 on special teams. So I guess there's 33. But one person really can make a difference. One person can't win a game by himself, but one person can make a difference. And I was thinking just a few, a few players uh, who have made a difference, just one person making a difference for a team. And, and I want to mention a few of these. You know, this is Sports History Network, and I think these are historically uh, powerful and, and great names that made a difference to their teams. But before I do that, I want to uh, – I want to give a uh, shout out to one of our sponsors. If you're listening to this podcast, you are probably a sports history fan. And if you are into sports history, you need to check out newspapers.com. At newspapers.com, you get you can access 640 million pages worth of news from the US, Canada, England, Scotland, Ireland, and more dating from 1798 to yesterday. Get a free week subscription to newspaper.com by visiting sportshistorynetwork.com backslash newspapers and with a paid subscription you will help the production of this and other sports history network shows now when we talk about the power of one person think about these people joe namath now joe namath i was looking at his stats his stats are are great but the stats are not what really matters um because there's a lot of interceptions a lot of incompletions a lot of this a lot of that we understand that but what Joe Namath did, he did two things. Number one, he gave legitimacy to the AFL. When they signed, when the Jets signed Namath, it proved to the NFL and to other people that the AFL meant business, that they're willing to shell out for a star. Was Joe Namath the best player in that draft? Probably not. But was he the most recognizable person in that draft? Yes. And the Jets realized that if they got him, it would land legitimacy to their team and to the AFL as well. Of course, when Jay, when uh, Joe Namath won in, in the NFL, the uh, the Super Bowl, Super Bowl three, we see the second thing. He gave legitimacy to to that whole conference and to the fact that there's going to be a a battle between the two leagues. Of course, we know when they were coming together, you could see that 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 helped aid. And, and add to the leagues together. But you see with the, with Joe Namath, he gave the AFL legitimacy. He gave the Jets legitimacy. But he also made it so that people can look at the AFL and say, yeah, they mean business. They really do. Joe Namath made a difference. I'm looking in my, in my personal favorite team growing up, and I look at the Broncos. John Elway made a difference. When he was drafted in 83, uh, actually by the Colts, but then traded to the Broncos. He, and, and I read about these things, and I remember doing it. He pretty much led the Broncos to those Super Bowls before they actually won in 97 and 98. Now, he couldn't win them, but he actually led them. So that adds to the fact that when Terrell Davis came and gave them an offensive weapon, alongside Elway. Elway didn't have to carry the whole team. You see the power of one person there with Terrell Davis. You can see that they can say one player really did put them over that hump. 
I'm thinking when I was growing up watching uh, Randy Moss and one player adding to the Vikings and then to the Patriots for their almost perfect season. One player made a difference where he could take the top off of a defense. He could make it so that other people could get open. He had helped Chris Carter out so much when he played for the Vikings. But Randy Moss, in his rookie year, you could see the great things that he was able to do, and especially that game against the Cowboys. You know, you think about people like Reggie White, the great, probably the greatest defensive player, at least the greatest defensive player on the def- defensive line. I think Lawrence Taylor's greatest defensive player ever. But Randy, uh, Reggie White, well, of course, Randy White, too, for the Cowboys, but Reggie White. And I'm not talking about his time with the Eagles. I'm talking about his time with the Packers. You see, Reggie White was the biggest free agent signing of all time, in my opinion, because he was one of the first. When he came to the Packers, he took a team who was good enough to make it to the Super Bowl, but not there yet, to a point where they could win a Super Bowl. Reggie White won a Super Bowl with the Packers. And I can remember watching that game thinking, there's just no way. And then, of course, Reggie White said, yeah, not only is there a way, but I'm going to be the one to get them over the hump. And Reggie White went off on Drew Bledsoe in that in that Super Bowl 96. You think about that, if it wasn't for Reggie White going to the Packers, would the Packers have won a Super Bowl? Would Brett Favre have a Super Bowl? And you think about as well, uh, without Reggie White, would free agency been such a big thing? like it is now you go back a few years to 1969 and Joe Green coming over to the uh, Steelers now 69 the Steelers were awful but to me you know of course they added a lot more players to it but it was Joe Green that gave the Steelers that sense of when people would look at their defense it was Joe Green of course other people added to it obviously But if it wasn't for Joe Green coming over to the Steelers and signing with them and being drafted by them, by them taking a chance on a guy like Joe Green, would the Steelers have been the team that they are, that we know them in the seventies, the steel curtain, Johnny Unitas, Johnny Unitas is one of those players that if you don't know who he is, uh, you need to look him up. He is the prototypical Drop back quarterback, but he was one of the toughest guys that I've uh, that I've ever read about. In uh, you know, in the Collision of Wills by Jack Gilden, uh, I didn't realize just how much pain and suffering he was put through during his time with the Colts. But in 1958, with the greatest game ever played, it was it was Johnny Unitas that not only married the Colts and dominance, but also married NFL and TV. And we're reap we're 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 reaping the benefits today. Johnny Unitas put aside by the Steelers, picked up by the Colts. One player made a difference. Growing up as well, I wasn't a fan, but I am now of Joe Montana. Joe Montana was not the greatest player, not the most uh, most gifted or most talented in the sense of uh, athletic ability that to come out of the college ranks to play quarterback. Um, but if it wasn't for Joe Montana, I don't know if the West Coast system would have been able to play as well as it did during the 
uh, 49ers runs in the 80s, going into the 90s. Joe Montana knew how to find a point where the receiver, of course, the, the catch by Dwight Clark, you could see that played out perfectly. But if it wasn't for Joe Montana and his ability to figure out where a player should be and put him the, – the, the catch against the Bengals in the Super Bowl with John Taylor, he put that pass directly where John Taylor would be running. He led the receiver to the point the receiver did not have to break stride. Now, not too many people can do that. I mean, today we see Tom Brady could do that. Peyton Manning could do that. But Joe Montana truly shows what it means to be a pinpoint accurate quarterback and throw a receiver open. And he did this time and time again to the point that uh, Sam White said when when the 49ers were down but driving, you know, that Super Bowl where they were against the Bengals and Joe Montana looked and said, oh, isn't that John Candy? That Super Bowl, Sam White knew what was about to happen. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And guess what? I, I was watching that at my grandmother's house. I remember that because I made a bet with my uncle that if the Bengals won and the 49ers lost, he would have to load up my grandmother's porch with with uh you know sticks and logs and and wood for her fireplace and i would call him and say ah, ha, ha, guess who's winning the moment that i remember this like it was yesterday the moment that the 49ers scored that last touchdown the call came through my grandmother's phone and i did not answer that phone i just couldn't do it but i can now look back and say you know what joe montana knew exactly what he was doing he was that good. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I think you're going to start seeing the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs start to suffer a little bit because of his massive contract. But Patrick Mahomes, I would say, is the main reason why the, the Chiefs won a couple of years ago and, and maybe should have won this year, this past Super Bowl. One player can make a difference if he is as gifted and as good as Patrick Mahomes. And you can go on down the line and talk about one player making a difference because of what Deion Sanders back in the 90s with the Cowboys and with the 49ers, he won a Super Bowl, go to the other team, won another Super Bowl. I mean, just one player can make that big of a difference. Here's what I'm trying to say with this. I look at that that lady, that great Christian lady, that's a friend of mine, friend of my family. And I said, she endured what she did, leaving me an example to follow. I can endure things because other people have gone through it and have made it through. I can do it myself. I can look at players like these. And you know what? You think about it. It's a game, Yes. But when people put their heart and soul into something, it's not just a game to them. It's life. It, it, it means more in a lot of ways. I can look at these people, you know, when Matt Stafford threw out his arm, basically, and still played, played a football game. Basically, his arm was unattached to his body, and he still did that. I can look at, again, Terrell Davis playing with a migraine and understand I can make it through my migraines. I, I can look at people enduring things and knowing that one player, one person can make the difference. And I can see in my life, 
I can make a difference too, that I can endure the bad things in my life, that I can endure the troubles in my life because people have done this for me and have set an example for me. Great players made a difference. Great people make a difference. So let me encourage you to say you can make a difference in, your, in other people's lives by living your life and fighting through some of the things that you have. You can do it. Other people have done it as well. You can do it as well. Thank you for listening to Football's Family, and I hope to see you next week. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Join George Bozica, the president of the PFRA, and myself, John Bozica, each month for the Professional Football Researchers Association official podcast. We'll discuss the history of the game, the many names of the game, and so many different things for you, making the history of football not only entertaining, but fun at the same time, as we join you on the Sports History Network on the official PFRA podcast. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.